This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then everyone said, Jabroni. (laughs) 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 Jabroni. J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner. The man who I've now done a hundred podcast episodes with, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, happy 100 episodes. We made it. I Cheers. can't believe we I that. can't believe we made it without like super kicking one of each one of each other. Like I, I really can't believe that we've actually made it a hundred episodes. Right. Considering we started this just like kind of on a whim, like, hey, let's talk wrestling after a random WrestleMania. And now we've done 100 shows. We have had a, some really big name guests on. And it, it's been uh, surreal. It's great to, to reach this milestone. It's been well. I think the pandemic helped a little bit because we didn't have to see each other in person as much as we were going to. <laughs> so we didn't want to kick each other's ass. But no, in, in all seriousness, it's been a shit ton of fun. Uh, to make it to one year, I thought was a big feat. But to actually do a hundred episodes of podcasting is, and that's over a hundred hours because each episode is not just an hour. We've we've gone over an hour on a couple of them, so it's been a lot of podcasting. It's been a shit ton of fun, and for everyone who's joined along for the ride, you know, thank you so much. It's it's this, like the fact that we get to do this every week is just fun. You know what I mean? And yeah, even though the product right now is less than stellar, it's still a ton of fun to sit here and talk wrestling with one of your good friends, you know? So absolutely. um, Absolutely. I could do this every day if the product was a little bit better, but it is what it is. And and I'm sure we'll. And if we didn't have like families and stuff, you know, and like responsibilities as humans. Or like day jobs. Right. Exactly. So there, you know, these little things get in the way, but we've made it a hundred episodes. I poured a little uh, glass of bubbly, uh, in in honor of that. You're drinking the water, which is uh, also, it's like ninety degrees here. So. It's so hot, and I regret this is. <laughs> I am having that Anchorman milk was a bad choice moment right now, where I'm like, I wish I just had a, a glass of water. But anyway, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts, and if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users. Please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review, especially for our 100th show. And for our Spotify people, hit us with that follow and help us climb those Spotify charts. Make sure that you subscribe and give a thumbs up to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube at Two Jabronis with the Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you also follow us on social at Two Jabronis Pod on Twitter and on Instagram and within the BR app. Uh, and you can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control 
That's control with a K. All right. It was a uh, Clash of Champions was had its highs, had its lows, but there is one thing that I definitely, definitely want to talk about, and that is what's going to keep us to stick to wrestling. And for this week's Stick to Wrestling, it's all Roman Reigns, my tribal chief. My God, man, this dude, this dude is on a heater. It, it is, he's like Alan in The Hangover. Once he figured, <laughs> when he was counting the cards, he is on that big of a heater right now where I don't know if he could do any wrong. I, I, I genuinely don't. And he's... It, yeah, it's, it's to the point now, sorry to cut you off. No, but no, no, please. It's to the point now where, like, Paul Heyman is kind of irrelevant. Like, he is not needed out there. Last night, I was like, why is he even here? Because anything that he did was actually taking away from the story that Roman and Jay were actually putting together. And it was, and I'm not trying to like, this is not hyperbole. Like this is the best storytelling that you WWE. I was about to say UFC WWE <laughs> has done in years. This is it's top. Like when they do it right and they hit on all cylinders, my God, is it good? And this is so, so, so good. Roman has really latched on to this heel persona and he's getting heat, even though there's not a crowd, it's a virtual crowd and they're still giving him heat. He's getting reactions out of people on Twitter where you're like, where was this all along? Like, where has this been? Like he's just bringing out something new and he's been in the company for almost 10 years now, you know? And it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see that Jay is starting to to shine. Like you're starting to see things out of him that you're like, didn't expect. And it's just like when they are fully invested in something and they actually allow the talent to do what they want to do, it is gold. And man, Roman, every time they were catching the hot mic on Roman, where you can hear him and Jay having a back and forth in the ring, it just got better and better and better. And then we got the moment where he's holding Jay's face to the, to the, the camera, to the camera. Yeah. And he's, he's not pinning him after the first spear. He's rubbing it, like rubbing it in. Like heel Roman is everything I've wanted. It is so damn good. I don't even need Paul Heyman there anymore because Roman's improved so much on the mic and he gets this character and he gets this persona so well that he doesn't need a mouthpiece. He doesn't need Heyman there. Well, lots went back there. A lot of great stuff that you just said. I, I want to start with talking about Jey Uso, who I think in this feud, in this need to praise Roman, and rightfully so, he's gone a little almost undervalued in that he has been incredible as well, right? Where mm-hmm. we didn't expect him to be in this spot. I think we all thought it was going to be Big E, and you know, whether they long played that into WrestleMania, who knows? They ended up not doing it and putting Jey Uso in that spot, him winning the match, him still being, you know, that family guy who's like, yo, we're family. I'm going to try to win the title, but I'm going to do my, you know, I'm going to do my thing. But at the end of the day, we're still family. He, it was, he played it super authentic leading up to it, leading up to this match. And then in the match, you know, when you think about the main event, of a WWE match, Jey Uso is not the first guy that you think about, right? He, he's he's just not. He's established himself as an elite tag team performer, one of the best ever. 
and you know there's there's no doubting that he can do that when given the ball to do so but for him to be given the ball at clash of champions to say hey you're going to be in the main event of the night like what are you going to sink or swim and he easily could have sunk like let's just face it that's a huge shadow to be cast in front of right roman reigns paul Heyman. Are you going to shrink in that moment? And he didn't shrink. That's that that stood out to me in in all of Roman's gloriousness, and he deserves all the praise for it because he was absolutely incredible. Jay Uso held his own. He and also sold the shit out of everything. 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 And the uppercuts, man, he was selling it like he was getting shot. Which was amazing. Um, it just it just added to the storytelling. It added to the emotion. Because by the end, when uh, when when his brother is out there like begging him to stop or begging you know the ref to throw in the towel, you're emotionally invested. You know, I, like I know this is a work. You know this is a work. Like this is just part of the storytelling. I was emotionally invested, and it's wild to think about that because in 2020, it's so hard to be emotionally invested now in any wrestling match. Because right, we are just and so like, jaded. We're just so jaded by everything. My emotions were going with the flow of the match. Right, like initially going in, I was like, "Oh, they're going to make this a squash match." Like that's just another way to put he- uh, heat on Roman is have him squash his cousin and move on. And they actually made this a legitimate match. And then there's the moment where Jay makes the run, and you're like, "Oh my god, are they going to do this?" It makes you believe. And again, you and I are as cynical as any other wrestling fan out there. And yep. any other wrestling podcast hosts were like, Roman's going to win this. Like, There's no ifs, ands, or buts. But there's those moments where, where Jay's hitting all his shit, and you're like, wait a minute. If he pulls this off, I'm going to go nuts. And, you, and it, I haven't had that moment in a long time because it's just everything's telegraphed. Yeah, you and I'm kind of wishing now. So I think... Oh this was going to be a transitional feud, but I'm hoping now they will realize what they have. They have something. And, it's crazy. And they can, they can really do this in the cell. Save it for yeah. another, like keep it going for another month at least. Do it in the cell. Um, and then you can move on to The Fiend because that seems like where they're going, especially with this Alexa Bliss storyline. Right. Um, especially with that scene on Friday night where she's literally giving him the death stare. Right. Um, but I, I'm not mad at them potentially doing this as a long-term feud because it had every single thing that I've wanted in a WWE wrestling match uh, for a very long time. And I think this has just brought Roman to another level. I'm interested to see what happens with the draft. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. do they bring Roman over to Raw and switch the champions? Because Raw desperately needs a jolt. And having heel Roman as the champ could well, be interesting. So before I get to there, I do I did want to address like the the stuff you said about Heyman and Roman. I, I'm not done giving Roman his flowers, and I'm not done giving Heyman his flowers uh, for Clash of Champions because you know something you said that really perked my ears was you know Heyman didn't really need to be there, it was, and that's rare to say because Heyman is exceptional, right? His character alone adds this gravitas to whoever he's around that is unexplainable, but it's, it's just there. So, yes, I agree with you. At Clash of Champions, Paul Heyman was not needed in order for Roman to get over in the way that he did. Mm-hmm. In order for Roman to be in that position and to be in his current position, 
that turn with aligning himself with Paul Heyman made it all believable. Right, because there was the. I agree that the, like there was Heyman the, was necess, Heyman was necessary for the turn. Yes, for the initial turn. At this, at this stage now, he's not necessary. And, and Roman is, which makes it even more interesting because at some point, you know, Roman's just gonna tell him to go, basically go screw himself, right, and and send him off, and that'll allow him to go back with Brock. But the damage has been done in a sense where Roman is now the heel that everyone wanted him to be, and we all buy that. And that's that's incredible in of itself. That just by even a, a momentary alignment with Paul Heyman, that allowed him to be this. That's crazy. Like that that that's insane in of itself. Now to Roman as a as a as a new character and as a wrestler, like last night was the culmination of people didn't know that he could do this, right? Like we saw him in the Shield being a badass. And, you know, he was the muscle of that group. And, you know, when he was briefly a heel. But it's been a long, long time since we've seen badass Roman. Just kicking ass and taking names. And that's it. No no cheesy one-liners. He's just being a badass and kicking ass. And to see that last night, or to see it at Clash of Champions, was... It was just watching him level up. Yeah, it's, right? like, it's, it's weird. Because, like, if you think about it, not much has changed... From when he was in the feud with the with Taker, like he still, like when he was feuding with Taker, he was cocky. He was he had an edge to him. He was getting heat, but now it's turned up to eleven. And then also he's he's removing the childlike actions yep. that would that would get heat. When he was a babyface, like he's not doing the fist pump anymore. He's not doing the the yell before the spear. It is all business. It's all I'm gonna kick your ass and we're gonna we're gonna move on. Like that's what's kind of refining his character and making him more of a heel. Is he's taking away the little things that made him a babyface and just turning up his attitude. Uh, it's just like it's heel work. That's a bit more refined. It's heel work that's genuine, in my opinion. It doesn't come across as like Seth Rollins heel work, where like Seth Rollins has to be like a Mr. Burns kind of mastermind kind of guy. Sure. It's just like I'm gonna be me, but I'm just gonna turn it up to eleven. I'm gonna be a cocky asshole. I'm gonna turn it up to eleven. I'm gonna say that I'm the chief. You know what I mean? So that's what really gets over, and that's what got over back in like. The attitude era, like that's what The Rock was. The Rock was an arrogant asshole, and he just turned it up to eleven. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, I'm loving this. I, I want to continue to see this. I'm just happy. I'm, interested- I'm just happy he's finally getting his shine, right? Like the rightful shine that he is ultimately deserved from the get go. Because again, he hasn't been this over since he almost won the Rumble back when he was with the Shield. Right? He was in the Final Four back in. What was that? That was like twenty. I would say. I mean, I would say. I, I don't want to say like he's finally getting a shine. He's always got a shine. Well, no, he has, but like in terms of like the fan shine, right? He's gotten. He's got his pushes. He's been world. He's been well, no, I mean, there champion. Was, there were moments. Champion. But like, I, I mean, I, he got. He, he there was one moment where the fans kind of rode with him. Was when he beat Sheamus for the title, for the Universal title, I believe, or was it the WWE title? Anyway, Vince was involved. He beat him on Raw. And it was in Philadelphia. It was after he'd gotten booed at 
the Rumble in Philadelphia with The Rock, right? So, like, they got back to Philadelphia. He ended up winning the title. That was that moment where the fans started to, like, rock with him. And you're, you know, because up until then and even beyond that, there was that feeling that Roman was getting pushed down our throats. And whether that was true or not, I, I still don't believe that that was necessarily true. But again, many wrestling fans felt that way and you can kind of feel that within the building and it wasn't necessarily a shot at Roman. It was more of a shot at Vince and like, yo, stop doing this shit. So this is now just like a genuine, I'm glad Roman is, is doing well. Because I, it's, it's been a really long time, even when he came back, from from recovering from the leukemia you know like yeah his initial return was great huge pop after that started kind of sour a little bit and you could hear the the trickles of booze and those smart marks again who were back who were like shit like roman's back again you know start rolling their eyes this is mm-hmm. like the most i feel just everyone all wrestling fans are just really really happy for roman because he's doing amazing work. Yeah. Um, now it's just, uh, can they maintain it? Can they make this? As always, yeah, that's, that's, that, is the, that is the big key. And I, you know, I, I don't know, but they've started off so high. The bar is really, really high now where it's like they have some leeway where Rowan could get overly cheesy bad guy. But I think he's just done such an exceptional job up until this point that I don't know if I don't see that happening where it's like they they all of a sudden turn on the heel. I don't know. He's uh he's giving himself some some room to work with here. Yeah. We'll see. So <laughs> way to be positive, jackass. <laughs> you you're just you're just waiting for this other shoe to drop and you'll be like, I told I, you. I hate the shoe. I mean, I, like, whoa man, relax. Relax. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about with Clash of Champions was this ambulance match, um, which I actually thought was pretty good and pretty interesting. For an ambulance match, um, it was pretty good, yeah. What the fuck is going on on Raw? Are you kidding me? We're taping this live during Raw, by the way. because we tried- So Randy Orton just w- came into the Legends room where they were playing poker, put on night goggles, it has a chair in his hand, and now it's dark. And now they're probably he's. What the fuck is going? Oh my god! Okay, yeah, they're getting cleaned up. Um, back to Clash of Champions. So this ambulance match was actually pretty good, in my opinion. I thought the introduction of the legends was fun and really interesting. At first, I wasn't into it because I just saw the big show. And I was like, oh god. Um, but as it went on, and you see. Christian come back and have the fight and catering, and then Sean comes back and hits the switch and music, and then Flair is driving the ambulance. I thought that was great. I thought there was deserved criticism in that your babyface champion needed four legends to beat Randy Orton. Right, right, right. Like, how does that make him look strong? Um, and then you also got to think about the fact that the feud is going to be carrying on into hell in a cell so now we're on to what four months of randy orton drew mcintyre and at what point is too much well so let me push back on that for a second because at least they're now trying to extend a feud for drew because up until this point up until randy he had no long-term feud it was these hodgepodge mix of number one contenders who would you know 
face him leading into a pay-per-view, lose to him at the mm-hmm. pay-per-view, and that was it. So, look, am I super excited that it's going to be him and Randy again at Hell in a Cell? Not necessarily, but this long-term playout is much more interesting than like him versus Seth. Boom, one and done. Him versus Lashley, one and done. Him versus Dolph Ziggler, one and done. And you're like, well, what was the point of getting emotionally invested? At least now, there is there is some long-term storytelling at play here. And look, I agree. With you. I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by the ambulance match because the ambulance match, in effect, is a casket match, right? It's just yeah. a different vessel to throw your opponent into. And those matches necessarily aren't great because the drama like there can be some drama with like is will they or won't they close the close the door to make it official it's still nothing like a a close pinfall like a near fall right or yeah it's similar to like a last man standing match like exactly there's you're struggling to get it removes a little bit of the the one two three drama will never be topped in professional wrestling right that's just the classic method of storytelling and to your point it was really, really well done for a match of that type. And the addition of Big Show, Flair, HBK, and Christian did add this freshness to it a little bit where it was like, look, Randy spent the past three-ish months damn near committing crimes against these people. So were those crimes not going to come to fruition or come full circle to haunt him? Because sometimes... It, it it just doesn't, right? He loses in a match, and that's his payback. Now, these three, these four legends should want payback. Oh, Flair didn't really do much. He just drove away. But it, it just kind he of drove made away sense. like a boss, though. That was he awesome. Did. But it, like with the storytelling aspect, it made sense within within what was happening. So I, I wasn't that mad at that, and it just added a a fresher spin to you know, an ambulance match or a casket match or whatever, whatever this ended up being. So yeah, it, it, it definitely it helped sense. because those matches, like you can only do so much where you're like beating each other up out in the back right. uh, by like gorilla. Like, so being able to throw in a Christian moment here and a, and a Sean moment here, it really did kind of elevate it. I'm just worried that like we're getting into this habit and WWE tends to do this a lot where you just, you run a feud it just like almost seems like they don't know when to stop. So they run a feud to the point where it's just like beating you over the head with it. Like Randy versus Drew, um, street profits versus Andrade and angel Garza. Right. Um, um, shoot my, um, the hurt business and Apollo Cruz. Like, you know, like at some point you have to move on and try to like pivot and I would have loved to see like Keith Lee get involved here where you could have Keith Lee, maybe do a triple threat in Hell in a Cell or something, find ways to pivot. And it's like, right now they're just like fully stuck on it. And I, I, I'm already to the point now where I'm like, I've seen enough. I've heard enough. I don't really want to see this anymore. And I don't want to see this in a cell, which almost makes me also think that like Randy's winning the title. Yeah. Which, I, is, which is possible because we thought that, he could have won it at SummerSlam. We thought he could have won it here. And I think they are gearing it towards him winning the title here against Drew at some point because give Randy his 14th reign as world champion. Drew can get it back. 
as soon as like he could get it back the next night. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's, it's just not, like it makes me damaging. worried as well that like we're gonna extend this out into Survivor Series. Then you're looking at a five, six month feud. And like I know that we talk about how we want long term storylines, but we want long term storylines where like you don't necessarily need to have a match every month. A good long term storyline to look at is Sasha Bailey. Right. They haven't had a, ma- a match in months or like a year, whatever. Like, but they've been able to build a storyline and now want to see them in a ring. You want to see them fight. Here, it's like, I see them fight on like uh, Clash of Champions at SummerSlam on Raw. Like, I see them fight every other time, every other show. I don't want to see it again. That's just not long term storyline that I really enjoy. I like to see slow builds with a mix up of like, hey, we're going to tell a really good story and then we'll throw in a match and then we'll do another like long build and then we may throw in another match. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, they just need to fine tune their long term storyline because right now it's like, hey, we're going to do the same shit over and over and over and over and over again where by the time where the feud should really be at the end where you want that blow off you want that significant moment everybody's already burnt out on it like so i'm let me ask you something on that because sure they can gauge that response from like the internet right because i guess you could do that i don't know if vince triple h rest of creative bruce pitchard are necessarily looking to the wrestling internet for that, right? Like, have they had enough? And usually, I think what they would do is the live crowds, right? Like, they, yeah. they can kind of tell off of that. They haven't had full live crowds since March, February, even, right? And is that affecting the way that they're telling the stories? Because you and I, like, I agree with you. Some of these stories, like Seth Rollins and the Mysterios, that story has gone on yeah. way too long. Right, excessively. And we'll long. talk more about that later because it right. just got into like a troubling yeah, aspect. That's right even, now. That might even push it longer. There's that, but the, on the flip side, the Sasha Bailey storytelling has been phenomenal. So, I think the live audiences kind of dictate that sometimes as well, where it's like we've had enough. And look, wrestling audiences, wrestling fans in general are fickle as hell, and sometimes they switch too often. So. Just to play devil's advocate, and I, but I do agree with you that some of these are just way too long. I'm not there quite yet with the Randy and Drew thing because I was I was hoping for Drew to have some sort of long term feud, which made me buy into him more as a champion. Because like, yeah, I do I believe that Drew is enough of a badass to beat these one offs? Absolutely. Is he enough of a badass to withstand some psychological damage from one of the most psychologically damaging superstars in history prove it to me and you know he's proved that so far and again he might ultimately end up losing the title to randy at hell in a cell but it'll i think it'll give some closure to his title run where at least and he might win it right back right like randy doesn't need the title to be legitimate and ultimately he's probably going to be headed towards a feud with edge at 37 but as of right now i'm i'm not quite where you are and I totally get where you're coming from because I feel that way about other storylines, but I, I, I still don't know if I'm. They I'm wouldn't do. Goodness gracious! Now, like thinking about this Edge one, they they wouldn't do Randy versus Edge at 37 for the title, would they? I mean, I I certainly hope not, because I mean, ultimately, look, like titles don't mean anything in wrestling; they're just a, a prop to kind of like but signify should, but importance. Should, but shouldn't they? 
should, especially like the the top title. I think the top title should mean, or, or on each show anyway, should mean a lot. And like Randy versus Edge for the title at WrestleMania 37, that doesn't feel very 2021 to me. Drew, no, but not a lot of the things that they do feel very 2020, 2021. Like, you know, Ro- like Roman, Roman heel Roman feels very 2020, 2021. You know? That like, does, but like the majority of the stuff that they're doing on TV really isn't. Like, uh, but, we can, I mean, yeah. we can talk about that. Let's, that's a let's whole pay other, some bills. That's a whole let's other. Let's pay some bills. Yeah. I want to keep this conversation going because I want to, tra- I want to like actually transition to something that happened tonight on Raw. Sure. But let's pay some bills first. Let's pay those And bills. then we'll get back into this conversation. So, yeah. first, let's hear a message from our friends over at Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in, the, in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And before we get back to the show, let's take a break to talk to about our friends over at DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, so uh, let's get back to it. We were, uh, we were in the middle of something very interesting before we went to break, talking about just the storytelling, right, that... that WWE has been involved in and one of those stories being for example the one that's run I feel like since before quarantine started up until now has been the Seth Rollins Murphy Rey Mysterio now Dominic Mysterio now Aaliyah Mysterio is involved and it's this is an example of just something running running its course and then and then some which is a little funky for me. Um, I, I appreciate them trying to do, trying to keep it going because of you know what's available. But it's also they they kind of they kind of dipped back into the the pool of oh is uh, is Dominic your kid? Like we've we've seen that storyline before, right? We, we we've done yeah. shit like that, and. Now we got a little love triangle, a little Shakespearean love triangle here with uh, 
well, I guess not love triangle, but Aaliyah and Murphy seem to be quote unquote involved in some sort of romantic storyline. And that's getting a little weird because you and I were talking about this before we hopped on a little bit of an age difference. (laughs) She's 19. He is 32. Like I know they are technically they are consenting adults right now, but to me, that's it's problematic it's not the best look, especially when they're starting to do like Twitter DMs and like pull that stuff up. And Seth Rollins is going on their phone and finding this kind of finding this conversation. And it's just like, to me, it just, it's not, this is stuff that would happen back in 97, 98, 99, early 2000. Like this is like attitude era stuff. This shit does not fly in 2020 period. It's not with the times. Like, Find another angle. Find a new slant. Like, they keep going back to the well to do these same fucking storylines that they did back in 97, 98, 99, where it's like, if you look at Zelina Vega and the poisoning, or um, what was it? Mandy Rose and Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, like, kissing and, like, all that kind of stuff. And, right. like, just the random things that they used to do back in the day that were fun and interesting back then because it was a different time just doesn't work in age. And they just haven't been, been able to evolve and think of new ways to like tell realistic storylines. Like this isn't realistic. This isn't like, it just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel genuine. Um, all, and also like this storyline's fucking toast like it is burnt toast it is so done i don't want to see this stuff anymore i'm not really enjoying seth's character anymore um i I well it's really just i think to to that point i want to piggyback off of that because seth is a great heel right when and and this character actually makes sense when he's like i'm the leader of the locker room and i need to make make an example out of everyone why are you so fixated on the mysterious like there's there's literally hundreds of people in the locker room that you could force your energy towards or share your energy towards, and it's, and, and it's just the Mysterios. And, ju- and it's just getting redundant. And look, I, Seth's going to do what he's told. He, he's working with one of the biggest names in wrestling. So, sure, of course you're going to milk this for all it's worth, or at least everyone backstage. I just, Seth, I, I, and ultimately I, I'm hoping, I'm just hoping and praying that this is leading to a Seth versus Murphy feud because that'll be fire, right? Like they'll put on banger oh, 100% matches. is getting there. It's they're, getting there. They're gonna it's just on, the way that they're getting there is one. It's a slow play. This is a big Too slow. slow. Yeah. Like there's a difference between the slow play that they, like it's night and day with the slow play that they've had with this storyline versus like, I mean, we, we'll go back to the well because the way that they're doing it is so it's so well done is Sasha Bailey. Like, that was a really big slow play, but they did it in a way that was really intriguing. And they, you could start seeing cracks here and there. It's like, here, it's like, you, you weren't seeing any cracks and all of a sudden it's like, Buddy's getting pissed off. And then now they're going to like start getting angry with each other. And like, it just, it's not as subtle. It's more of like, here it is kind of thing. Yep. And then you have this, other aspect with the Mysterios, which is just not interesting at all. So, uh, and then kind of wading into the waters of being problematic. So um, let's wrap up really quick. I, I, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about, and we can make this like real quick. Yep. 
is WWE changed Aleister Black's music and gear. Oh boy. And oh boy. They are having this, they have this thing now where they just want to piss me off and they want to make me really upset. Like they just like, they know the buttons to push, whether it's changing Keith Lee's music and look <laughs> to now changing Aleister Black's and like Aleister Black had one of the more iconic intros. It was really excellent. And, excellent. And WWE in a, as a whole. And they changed it for this really like it's an interesting character with the the eye thing and um, this kind of like vengeance that he's that he's working on towards Kevin Owens. But and I really want to see where they end up going with this because I do think it allows them to grow him as a as a as a character. But the music was perfect. The entrance is perfect. Everything was great. And now it's just like more generic shit. Um, and it just feels like they're taking away certain aspects of personality and certain aspects that like really got them over. Like it's, it's like music gets people over right. and Alistair Black's theme, Keith Lee's theme, like those helped get them over. I'm really happy that they didn't change Robert Rude's music. That would have been a travesty, but I, I'm just, I'm worried about like their n- endless need to like make adjustments that don't need to be made. So, um, We'll see where Alistair Black goes, but the fact that they changed his music really kind of upset me. I was ready to throw hands tonight. You hate a good music change, and that, that's happened to you a couple of times this year. <laughs> so. If they change the music for no good reason, then I'm really upset. Like, I was watching an old clip of Stone Cold coming out in, like, 2000, and I totally forgot that, like, they had changed Stone Cold's music to add, like, lyrics to it. They did, yeah. Update. And it was the worst. Yeah. It's like, why do you do that? Just let him have the same music for eternity. It's the most iconic music in wrestling. End of story. Don't change it. The Rock's music has changed slightly a little bit. Granted, it's like subtle changes, but like, it's still like, there's no need to to change it. Like, it was perfect. And it feels like sometimes like Vince gets like antsy. He's like, oh man, we're gonna change up his character. We're gonna change his music too. And it's like, not really. Like, he's the same guy, just give him, like, a different look and keep the music. Keith Lee absolutely didn't need to change music. His music was perfect. And now he's got generic, like, music that you can get off of, like, some random, like, Facebook uh, music library. And it's just, it annoys me. It's tiny things that don't need to change. It annoys me. So it's it, no; these are fair concerns. I'm glad you're. You, I'm glad we have a podcast for you to voice this. Otherwise, you'd be flooding in the text messages with "Can you?" Just all caps. Can you believe this music change? No, I'm with. I you. heard it and I like dropped my phone because I was like I was watching it on my phone. Um, that meme of uh, Jose Mourinho when he takes his, his headphones off, he just got that ugly look. Like he's got that yeah. sour look on his face. That was literally me. I was just like, oh, so. Um, I, I don't want to see any more like needless changes to music. I know that they were teasing one for Roman, um, which I'd be fine with because at, at that point, like, it makes sense. The Shield music is is donezo for me. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Shield guy, um, so boo you, boo you. With right, all that said, like, just don't it. change music that doesn't need to be changed. But let's wrap up the show. Let's get out of here. We'll be back on Thursday. I think we may have a guest on Thursday. Oh, we do. We got some cooking. We got we yeah. got something cooking for so, episode 101. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We'll we'll be back on Thursday. So make sure that you follow us on social at 2JabroniesPod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, you can follow us uh, or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at 2 with a Wrestling Podcast. Subscribe, like, do all the good stuff. 
Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. And for our Spotify people, hit that follow so we can help help us climb those Spotify charts. Also, check me out. On the Big Screen Sports Podcast, I just hopped on with our fellow Blue Wire brethren, Kyle Banduho. Um, we talked a little crazy, stupid love. Oh man, it was the it was the underrated non- classic. It was underrated the, classic. It was the non-sports movie of the month, and I had a friggin' blast. I called Jeremy within minutes, the David Lindhagen of two jabronis and it was one of the highlights of my podcasting career i'm very i'm very upset by that and i really want to go on that pod just to try to redeem myself oh no because i am no david lindhagen (laughs) so so you think we're we're gonna return the favor kyle's gonna hop on our pod we're gonna talk some wrestling movies at some point because he is a great chat but please go check that out jeremy i'm sure at some point we'll hop on there um, but in the meantime, if you can stay home, if you can't wear a mask, wash your hands. Uh, and again, always and forever, Black Lives Matter. All right, everyone. And if you live in Northern California, please stay safe. There's a, another wildfire going on here. I mean, so please, all our Northern California fam, please stay, please stay safe. Please do. All right, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Peace.